I expect you boys to go out there and not take this team lightly because I promise you, they're going to come at you with everything they've got. I expect you boys to execute. Yes, sir. Expect you boys to play football. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Can't lose! Three Films and a Podcast has no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode. All film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders and is used solely with the intent of film criticism, commentary, and education under fair use law. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy! Hello and welcome back to Three Films and a Podcast, the show where destiny has once again put us together for another episode. I am Matt Weiler. I'm down here in Pleasant Grove, Utah. We've got up the road, Ben Lahorn in Salt Lake City. Texas forever. (laughs) And up in the great Pacific Northwest, Portland, Oregon, we have Tyler Beck. Clear eyes and full hearts, everyone. I really, when you did that, I was like, what's a McNulty thing? What's a McNulty? (laughs) But I couldn't think of a McNulty thing to say, so I had to go the other Tim Riggins. Classic. Double Riggins. Classic Friday Night Lights. Double Riggins. Quick aside, I worked for a photography company in... uh, in texas for a while and they had a they had a slogan for a while that was uh clear lenses full memory cards or something along those lines it's pretty awesome it's a stretch yeah it was a stretch but it sort of matched the quirkiness of the studio it was fun now it's great i love it for those of you who are new to the show uh we're basically just three friends who had started a movie club back in 20 the beginning of 2020 we actually talked about in 2019 um what started as sort of like more of a group thread of conversations about the movies we were watching we decided you know what let's expand this let's bring more people on uh watching these movies with us and so we decided to start a podcast and almost a year later here we are um we've got several episodes that you can find spotify apple podcasts Uh, our favorite way to consume this is over youtube and yeah just give us a listen anywhere and in, in the nature of building a, a community around movie club. Uh, we, we really want to branch out. And so one of our ways of doing that is by uh, having a guest on as many episodes as we can. And we are lucky enough uh, to have Christian on with us uh, today. Hello. Christian, if you want to talk about your podcast and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, so I am from uh, outside Chicago, um, and I host the Movie Pit Podcast, where uh, I round up all of the, that's not the right word to use, I'm an English major, I should know that, Um, (laughs) I put together all of the uh, movie news of the week, uh, movie trailers that came out during the week, and the movies that are coming out at the end of the week, which was not the case all last year because of yeah. you know this little oh, thing yeah. called uh, <laughs> uh what was it called uh covid that's right <laughs> what was that thing? oh <laughs> that old kerfuffle <laughs> that, that old little thing uh let's come back so i'm kind of doing that back into the podcast but um i give all the uh, movie news and stuff like that in my opinions um every now and then i do a review i don't do them as much or as often as i should but i do do them every now and then and, uh yeah you can Find the podcast on YouTube, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. 
I mean, yeah, you just did your uh, Black Widow review, which I thought was awesome. Honestly, like I have like so much respect for anyone that is a one person pod because well, it might be easier in a sense. I for me, that just sounds like a nightmare. Like I I feel like half the time I show up with just like my ass in my hand, not knowing what to do. So I'm glad that I have two other people here to like save me. So I can't imagine doing it all by myself. But I think you do a great job. I love the pod. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I don't know. I mean, five years by myself, just, you know, speaking into the void of the Internet. I mean, that's not bad, right? Yeah, I love it. There's <laughs> worse, worse ways to spend your time. That's for sure. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're absolutely thrilled to have you uh, with us today. And we have, for those of you familiar with the podcast, when we have a guest on, we have a series of questions that we always ask. And it allows us to get to know you a little better from a movie level. And also our listeners to kind of get a feel from, you know, where, where you're from. And, uh, we're going to start off with Ben's question. I feel like I need to have a better intro. I need to come up with some sort of like, maybe just reenact the first five minutes of lost or something like that. But my question is you're on a deserted Island here. Um, and you have a TV, you've got Blu-ray player, you've got everything you need to enjoy, to consume some media. And I'm always curious from people who enjoy film, who their desert island actor or director would be where you get that person's filmography. If they're still alive, you'll get the stuff they do in the future, but you get everything that that they're a part of. Um, And I just think it's a a great way to get to know people and kind of find out what you like. So who would your desert island actor or director be? I have been going back and forth on what this is. Like, I want to give like, like my original answer was Guillermo del Toro. Because I'm okay. a huge fan cool. of Yeah. Movie. And I just love his work. I love his imagination. And I actually went to his museum exhibit that he had in LA like a few oh, years ago. Nice. Where he like all of his stuff. And that was so cool. And that would be so cool. That That's the answer that, I, that I've been rattling around in my head. And I'd probably just stick to it. I was going to say John Carpenter, too. Because I Ooh. just... Um, you know, he has, but I don't know if I want to watch the thing on a deserted island where I'm probably <laughs> myself, but that's true. Um, he also has big trouble in little China, which I can enjoy. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with I mean, such a great a, pick. Yeah. It's a great pick. You're getting at least one best film winner. You're getting a lot of great movies. Um, yeah, I think that'd be awesome. I, I still, to this day, wish we would have gotten his Hobbit movie. Cause I think it mm-hmm. would have been really cool um, for him to take that on. But um, you know, let's add that to the list of what ifs along with Edgar Wright's Ant-Man and just so many other things. But yeah, <laughs> I like Guillermo. That's a great pick. I also want his mountain at the mountains of madness movie. Cause I know mm-hmm. that's, he's been wanting to do that for a long time. Yeah. And he just didn't do it because of alien or Prometheus. That's why he didn't do it. Cause Oh, interesting. Cause they had like oh. similarities. So that's why he didn't do it. Hmm. Um, and probably because they didn't want to give him the money for it. Oh, yeah, that minor detail too. Yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little thing, you know. The thing yeah, that makes not a huge deal. deal. And I mean, as we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode, it kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, there's yeah. a some of these price tags can uh, be fairly exorbitant. Um, well, speaking of movies with big budgets and big uh, price tags. One of my favorite experiences in the theater, uh, besides recently being back in theaters to see Black uh, Black Widow, I always want to say Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Great um, movie, 
great movie. <laughs> I, uh, I just always like to hear about experiences people have enjoyed watching movies, whether it was in the theater or, you know, in like a sleepover as a kid or something. But what's a what's an experience watching a movie that sticks out to you? I think the easy answer, like especially like the nerdy answer, is like anything comic book related. So yeah. like the portal scene in Endgame. Oh uh, yeah. Like I went to watch that. Uh, it was like seven o'clock show or something like that, and my whole crowd was into it. Like oh, they yeah. were completely into it. And, like they laughed and they cried after all the right moments. And then that portal scene opened. It was one of the loudest reactions I ever had experienced in movie theater. Yeah, uh, right next to like the first time I watched uh, the Watchmen teaser, like the very first time oh, I watched okay. the Dark Knight. That was also the first time that I ever saw someone literally get up from their seat cheering for a movie trailer. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> that is the that's only awesome. time I've ever seen that. <laughs> oh, that's great! Um, I remember being super hyped about Watchmen too before it came out, and I didn't even know anything about it. So um, I could see why if it was like your thing. Mm-hmm. seeing that realized like that would be really cool it was definitely that guy's thing because he yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right um but i think honestly one of my favorite uh movie experiences is actually a, a film festival that's no longer around it's uh it was called action fest it was um based in uh Asheville, north carolina and it was run by one of the guys that used to do the oh yeah, I don't, yeah he doesn't do it anymore he used to do the uh midnight madness program for the Toronto International Film Festival. Oh, okay. okay. Cool. And uh, it was also co-run by um, Chuck Norris's brother, Aaron. Oh, wow. Oh. Nice. Uh, and they would both be there. They would show up. So, like, very weird story. I didn't ask anything from him, but I was in the bathroom, and I was, you know, taking a pee. It was after a movie. I just hear these, co- <laughs> these what sound like cowboy boots walking behind me, <laughs> and standing next to me was Aaron Norris taking a pee. He was like, hey, man, what's up? I'm like, <laughs> like you're enjoying yourself. I'm like, the film festival, right? Yeah, me. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would say that because like that festival was like it was devoted to straight up action movies. Nice, like, cool. From here, from internationally, like movies that, um, like wouldn't get a wide release or even a limited release here in the state. Yeah. They bought it in here. Uh, so that was really cool. Yeah, so I would love that. Yeah, that sounds dope, man. I um I've yet to attend a film festival of any of any sort. Uh I'd really like to at some point. I don't know which one and when and where, but uh it does sound really cool. Maybe probably Sundance if I had to guess. Like yeah. I've been I've been to Sundance, like been to Park City during Sundance, but like I didn't ever do like the whole festival thing like a uh, friend of the pod Palcher does. Um but oh, and uh, I just wanted to mention so my girlfriend's not a big Marvel person like at all she likes uh guardians of the galaxy because she likes groot that's pretty much it um (laughs) but she for whatever reason i think it was on like buzzfeed or something she watched the portal scene from endgame like it was like a list of like epic scenes in movies right Mm. so that one came up and so we watched it together and like even though she'd never seen any of it like she was affected by that portal scene like she got teared up like when when uh um when uh t'challa comes out oh yeah. she was like oh she's like chat you know she got t- and like she loves the guardians of the galaxy so watching drax do his thing and everything so it's just like that scene was so like it's an understatement to say it was so so good because even oh, someone who sure. has no attachment to it like she got super hyped so i'll I'll never forget 
uh, watching Endgame in theaters or Infinity War. Like those two movies in theaters were something I'm I'm really glad I experienced like with the masses as it happened. Yeah, honestly, I think like the Portals song from the soundtrack probably ended up in, like my Spotify year in review because like just that music is so good and that adds so much to that scene. Like it's so powerful that that whole soundtrack, the whole score is fantastic. But there are definitely times I'm like, I just want to listen to Portals again because it's so <laughs> powerful. It's it's yeah. it's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. I don't know who needs to hear this, uh, but if you saw The Dark Knight and cheered, got up out of your chair during the Watchmen trailer, please like and subscribe if that was you, yeah. sir, please. We'd love please. To we'll talk pod. about Watchmen. Yeah, we'll do a special little pod about Watchmen. <laughs> uh, and now you've been eternalized through this podcast. So forever. Thank you for thank you for reacting that way. My question, we, we've done a couple rounds actually now uh where the theme is unsung gems and what an unsung gem is is if you're familiar with the podcast you already know but i'm going to explain it for those who don't it's a movie that you love that you either feel like nobody else has even seen or you just feel like it's grossly underappreciated by everybody you know and so christian what would you say is your unsung gem yeah i i've been thinking about this and i think i've if you would ask me probably a year ago, I probably would have said Josie and the Pussycats. Yes. Okay. But I feel like that movie's starting to get a little bit of recognition over the mm. over the last mm. year. Um but I'm gonna go with Book of Life, which came out a few years it's what Coco should have been back then, but not okay. enough people saw it. Yeah. Um oh, and then Coco came out and everyone was like, no. No, we don't. We don't need you. We, <laughs> don't need this. we already Goku, have right? this. <laughs> I, I love Goku. Okay, I, I love it's my culture. I, I teared up. You know everything, but um, uh, Book of Life, I think, is one that I think people should go check out, especially if you like Coco. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's got a. I'd I'd heard of uh, Book of Life, but it's got a it's got a rad cast. Yeah, so Saldana, yeah, Ron Perlman, Ice Cube. Got a lot of cool people in here. It looks cool. I've seen the end kiss scene because my six-year-old will rewind and watch kiss scenes over and over again. <laughs> so I've seen I've seen the end kiss scene. The soundtrack sounds really awesome too. Soundtrack's uh, great, yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they did their own singing. Um, I think it was Diego Luna who was the. the yeah, I can't remember the yeah. song. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think he did like the main song for them. Like he does his own singing in the movie, which nice a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really love Book of Life. Like that was one of those movies where I, I didn't really think I was going to like, or I didn't think I was going to like, but I just like, I went in there with like no expectation. Right. It was, just, it was I, I went in, I literally went to go see it like on a Wednesday afternoon or something like that. So I just went in and I watched it and I really liked it. And it's one of those movies where I like, I'm kind of surprised that not a lot of people have seen. Yeah. Um, and yeah. again, you know, with Coco coming out, it was like, oh, like we now have a new, you know, Day of the Dead movie. Yeah. Um, but um, again, no, no, no bashing on Coco. I <laughs> sure. I also love Book of Life. Diego Luna for Angie Crushmore. You know, we got a shout out. Our favorite Wilder. Watch it. 
um, <laughs> and produced by Del Toro. So that's going on your island with you. There so that's you perfect. Go. You've got Book of Life with you. I think that's yeah, great. I gotta I gotta add this one to the list. Apparently, it's something I've always been interested in. But I uh, I love Coco so much. I think it's arguably the most beautiful Pixar movie ever. Um, and I've just been like, I don't know why, just like not afraid to watch. I'm like, I just don't want to ruin what I love about Coco, you know, to see this, but like, you know, hearing, you know, a, a good endorsement from you, I'm like, maybe it's, it's worth checking out. Like they, they can be separate. It's just hard when they come out so close together. It's like, you feel like you got to choose sides, but I do yeah, love sure Diego Luna and Zoe Saldana. So yeah, it looks like a great cast. Yeah. I'll for sure get on it. And also Josie and the Pussycats would have been a great pick, but you're right. It seems like there is kind of like an awakening around that. <laughs> But we yeah, may be remember. talking about Josie later on. Stay Hey-o. tuned. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for answering those questions. Um, mm-hmm. Those are great answers. We love that segment. Uh, getting to know people a little better. Um, speaking of segments, there's every time I host, uh, there's a little bit of there's a little thing that I like to do uh, for our listeners. I, I go through this exercise. Um, so some of you have listened to people, you know doing like therapy on tape or hypnosis on tape. Uh, This is kind of like that. And uh, I invite the audience listeners, wherever you are to please close your eyes. If you're driving, that's okay. Just close them for a second. Uh, This won't take (laughs) long. Um, But please just to, just to set yourself up. um, And we're going to, we're going to hit the rewind button. We're going to be kind. We're going to rewind. (laughs) <laughs> back to february 2012 and you're a big wes anderson fan but you know what you've already seen moonrise kingdom you're not in the mood for that anyway you're in the mood for action and dwayne the rock johnson is in journey to the center of the earth too but dwayne has too much of a pull and tickets are completely sold out Ugh. so you decide to settle for another adventure that caught your eye something otherworldly featuring a white guy swinging around a chain no, I'm not talking about Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. I'm talking about one of the biggest bombs ever dropped in a theater. No, this is not Little Lone Ranger. This is a, one year too early for that. I, I, I got to start over that part. I'm sorry. The deliver is just so garbage. Okay. One more time. This is by far my favorite one you've done, by the way. I decided I'm going to stop reading what it says. I might just like try to delete it from my personal (laughs) instance of the drive doc. Uh, Cause I just want to, I literally want to close my eyes and react to what you're saying. Enjoy it. (laughs) All right. Yeah, you should. I'll do that next time. Okay. You decide to settle for another adventure that caught your eye. Something otherworldly featuring a white guy swinging around a chain. And no, I'm not talking about ghost rider spirit of vengeance. I'm talking about one of the biggest bombs ever dropped in a theater. And no, it's not the Lone Ranger. This is a year too early for that. I'm talking about John Carter. So the reason I picked John Carter for this round is, I, well, I should rewind a little bit. Wait a minute. Strike that. Reverse it. This round is themed around Mars. And the reason why I chose Mars uh, was because I feel like there's a lot of Mars stuff happening, you know, this year. A lot, you know, we've got a new rover on Mars. Mars is hip and cool again. Maybe it was never not cool. I don't know. That, but people are wearing like Mars shirts. It's like, that okay. Goddamn Bezos is going to bail on us to Mars. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to take <laughs> him and him and the billionaires are 
Jeff, Book like and subscribe. Book. We'd we'd yeah. happily we'd happily promote Amazon for you. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. No, uh, no offense at all. We'll take. And if you get on that Patreon, we could probably afford to animate all of Matt's stories. <laughs> we so have a yeah. sign We up have a special that. Jeff Bezos just tier Bezos. just for you. <laughs> thousand bucks a month. It's nothing to you. Nothing yeah. at all. Thousand. Shoot. Come on, man. Shoot for the stars. Land in you, the trees. You made man. a thousand bucks as we said that. Thousand yeah. dollars a day. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, Anyways, but yeah, Mars. I mean, I like space. Mars is cool, and I feel like. In film, over the several decades that we've we've had, you know, great cinema, Mars has been the backdrop and subject matter of a lot, a wide variety of movies. Um, so I wanted to tap into that. Um, I chose John Carter because its source material is pretty unique. Uh, it's by Edgar Rice Burroughs, who wrote Tarzan. For those of you who have read Tarzan, everyone's familiar with Tarzan, uh, but this book was written in 1912, or wow. it was released in 1912. So to put that in perspective, Jack and Rose may have had a copy of it on the Titanic. Uh, in my head canon, they were reading it, you know, in one of those scenes. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. When I read this before recording, I was like, whoa, really? They had it? Like, I thought it was like in the movie. <laughs> I thought like James Cameron threw like a nod to the story or something. <laughs> I like to think that James Cameron, who did Avatar... <laughs> Has yeah, read man. John Carter and may have had a prop, you know, John yeah. Carter. I'm, a, I'm not going to I'm a little upset now. I thought that was like a cool piece of movie <laughs> trivia. It's Matt Cannon. <laughs> yeah, I like it's, that. I like Matt Cannon. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, John Carter very generally is someone going to another planet and having just like superhuman powers. And. If that sounds familiar, this predates Superman by 20 years. Uh, So Edgar Rice Burroughs, you know, ahead of his time, writing some of this science fiction. That's pretty interesting. Uh, But that's not the most interesting part about it. Disney paid a ton for this movie. This is one of the most expensive movies ever made. And it absolutely bombed. They lost. I I tried to find a number and it was like between 100 and 200 million. Just like they lost so much money here. They um, lost so, a dinner with Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Maybe like next time, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, I, I it's well, I, I'll get into that later. Um, I guess my first experience with it, but that's why I chose it. Christian, I want to hear your personal experience with John Carter uh, viewing this and sort of your perception around it. Uh, so I remember going to the movies and watching this. Um, probably the day after it came out that Saturday. And I had I was somewhat familiar with uh John Carter and the whole uh series of books. Um not a lot, but I was somewhat familiar with that. And um so I was kind of excited. I I had known that because the very little that I knew. So I knew that uh you know George Lucas was inspired by um the John Carter series to do Star Wars. And I'm sure we'll probably get into that a little bit later. But so I knew a little bit about John Carter. So I remember when I watched it for the first time, I thought it was okay. I think maybe some of the buzz and the critics around it kind of got to me a little bit, which I hate when that happens because I try to go in as, as plain as possible. But um, 
when I first watched that, I was like, yeah, it's fine. And I watched it um, today, uh, earlier, <laughs> uh, uh, just to refresh my memory, because I hadn't seen it since since that, since mm-hmm. it came out all the way back. Um, and it's not that bad. I I completely have done a 180 on it. I think um, uh, I, I really enjoy that first hour, because that first hour moves very quickly yeah uh, by the time i realized that it was already an hour in and i was like oh wow this is okay uh and then after that kind of slows down a little bit but uh overall i i really liked it i don't know why there's so much kind of hate for it. i think most of it comes from some of the insider stuff which i i think i know we'll get into a little later but mm-hmm. overall i liked it like i i it's i'm not ashamed to say that i, I changed my opinion and <laughs> you know the critics got to me back when i was <laughs> A youthful age of <laughs> however old that was in 2012. Um, but yeah. Well, cool. Christian, you're a man after my own heart because uh, the boys on the pod here know, and, and I know you've listened to a few of our episodes, maybe you know, but I try to go into everything completely blind. And so if I add that and compound it with the fact that, like, for whatever reason, I had just always avoided this movie, um, I knew nothing about. I didn't even know I didn't know John Carter was like I didn't know the backstory behind the story itself how old it was I didn't know any of the in, the indus, like industry insider stuff that we'll talk about um and so just like for whatever reason up until now I just was not interested like at all <laughs> and to be honest like when Matt nominated it for the podcast I was just like Ugh. Tyler, you're welcome. My you're welcome, Tyler. There's a no, lot I, more where that came from, Tyler. <laughs> it wasn't really that bad, but if, I mean, if I'm being honest, I was like, oh man, there's so many movies that I am looking forward to, and I'm just not into it. Like, I just don't care about John Carter. Um, and you know, to be honest, maybe if I knew some of the backstory, I knew that it was like a really old story written a long time ago. Uh, if I knew some of the weird insider stuff and like some of the sliding doors things that happened because of this, maybe I would have been more interested. Um, but yeah. And my, like, like just like you, I watched it today. It's my first and only time seeing John Carter and I liked it. It was fine. Like I, I didn't have any of that baggage, so there was nothing really to ruin it other than the movie itself, which it tried <laughs> to do, but it, you know, it was fine. It was just, it, to me, it was fine. I thought it was about 30 minutes too long. Um, I feel like, Kind of like what you said around the hour mark, it slows down. And then the ending really is really fun. You know, maybe half an hour less for me would have been great. Uh, and it was just like really fun to see Riggins and McNulty doing like cool alien stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it was like, it was fun seeing Riggins like this. Cause like he is someone who just can't, I don't think he can do a period piece. Like he's just no. Riggins. Well, did you see him as David Koresh and that like, uh, series about waco fair enough i i guess like the riggins hair does not translate to like the civil war stuff like just putting a beard on him it was just just like (laughs) he was was trying to preserve his brand for sure yeah (laughs) what's that the beard that he loses at some point i totally missed that he like he was wearing a beard and then the next thing i know he's not yeah they they are pretty quick with that just like <laughs> in and out yeah this was also my first experience with it um i think just based on like the artwork and stuff i was essentially planning on like just the ragnarok hulk stuff essentially you know it's like oh he's just gonna be like fighting monsters on like a desert island kind of thing 
Um, and then I watched the trailer and then like it starts out just after the civil war. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, did I pick the wrong movie? Like what is happening here? I had no idea. And then, yeah, it all just happens. I'm like, Oh, okay. I still, it's one of those, like for better or worse, you watch the trailer and I still don't know what I'm getting when I get into it. So like, yeah, all right, let's check it out. So I don't know. I, I think these kind of things where, you know, maybe if I saw it when it came out, I'd be disappointed. But now with so much time removed and understanding like people's perceptions of it, it's hard to not take that into the movie watching experience. And when it's done, it's just like, it wasn't that bad. Like, I don't yeah. understand why people hated it. Like it was, it was fine. I, yeah, I think that they could have done more. I think that, you know, they talked about it and we'll talk about it later. It's like, I don't know. It would have been kind of cool. I would have been on board for that. So um, I feel like Taylor Kitsch has gotten a, a rough, a rough go after Friday Night Lights. So I want something good for him. And I think this could have been pretty cool. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I didn't think it was that bad. It well, was fine. something I just thought and, and Matt, you wrote this in the notes that it cost about three hundred and fifty million to make and it grossed somewhere around two eighty. And like to me, it's like, yeah, it's like a two hundred eighty million dollar film. It made a lot of money. You know, like, like if the if if the bar if the money they had spent on it was lower, like I feel like this would this earned its two hundred and eighty million dollars. Like it's not like you said, it's not that bad. It's not three hundred and fifty million dollars good, but it's not yeah. that bad. You know what I mean? So it's just it's kind of it's a it's a victim of its own circumstance. Yeah, and see I I had seen it, I had already heard everything about it. Um not not the story, but I already had not any interest in the movie whatsoever uh, when it came out. And then I had, then it bombed. And before it left theaters, I had a buddy and I, I still can't remember who recommended it to me. Uh, maybe I made it up, but somebody, <laughs> somebody recommended it to me. Uh, if you know who you are, call me and tell me that it was you because I do not remember who it was. Oh, uh, but Weiler. <laughs> yes pat yeah. my twin brother yeah. old cousin yeah <laughs> uh i don't know who recommended it but they got me there they basically said like look this movie like did so bad that there's no way it's getting a sequel but it's actually pretty awesome so i went into it with that like okay it already bombed we're not getting another one and so i kind of watched it through the lens of like oh man like this is actually kind of cool. And now we're not going to see, you know, anything else from it. And uh, I lament how poorly that release went. Um, this movie, or I, I guess I should say the story of John Carter, the the rights to it kind of bounced around to different studios mm. and different uh, creative teams try to tackle it. There was scripts written. Um, yeah, full creative teams assembled. And these studios just kept letting it expire just because they just didn't i don't know i don't know the story behind it but there obviously wasn't too much of a draw um but the most noteworthy in my opinion was in 2004 paramount uh were was able to enlist john favreau to the project he i believe he drafted a script or was collaborating with someone on a script he was very you know insistent on being true to the the source material using practical effects very much like we know john or john favreau to do and paramount decided you know what we're going to focus on the star trek uh train we're going to reboot star trek again and they let their rights expire 
And so I guess the, the, the conversation point that I want to draw from that is Favreau left that project and immediately went on to do Iron Man with Marvel. And so had he stayed on that project, the John Favreau Marvel project may not have happened, or at least it certainly would have started in, in 2008. So I guess I wanted to pose the question, uh, Christian, to you, like what with the landscape that was built from John Favreau and Iron Man in the cinema that we enjoy today, like what would the last 15 years have looked like had this gone differently? Yeah, you know, I I didn't even realize that John Favreau was was attached to this at at some yeah, point. Um, I I mean, it's hard to imagine Favreau not doing this and then not going to do Iron Man, mm-hmm. which obviously, you know, jump started a whole new thing. But it it's hard to like I. These are the, the these these are the kind of questions where like I always want to answer and I always want to give like a really like cool nerdy answer and then you ask me and my brain is just like no <laughs> I feel like, you no, trust me <laughs> no articulate answer from you um, that's, that's when exactly I just start saying things and I get myself into trouble yeah and this is what I was talking about earlier I'm like I don't know how to end this so please someone help me out because I don't know what to say so <laughs> that's what you do when you're recording a podcast especially when you're one person and you just see that Line, <laughs> yeah, he he's flatlining. He's flatlining. <laughs> um, but to answer the question, to try to answer the question, um, that's. I mean, it. If Favreau had stayed on and done this, you know, I, I think that it probably. I don't know if it would have been as big as Iron Man or as big as you know what Iron Man builds up to, or you know, yeah, built, uh, built in. But I think that if he had stayed on and done this and potentially even done Iron Man, it would have it would have made John Favreau a, a bigger go-to name uh, in Hollywood. And would it, would we have a John Carter universe or franchise because of it? I mean, you know, that's a pretty decent question. It all this kind of bleeds into something else, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself with the, with the answer, but it also would have come down to what the studio would have allowed him to do. Yeah. And yeah. what John Favreau, you know, you said that he wanted to be close to source, source material. Like, yeah, that works. But, you know, like I mentioned, you know, this was John Carter has been mined to the very deep end of that cave. And, you know, there's, only so much you can recycle before fans, even if it's the thing that the granddaddy of it all yeah. that fans will accept and be like, okay, let's go through this again. Um, so I don't know what, would it, if he had stayed on, would it have changed cinema? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the long, long answer short. Yes. <laughs> Please, someone else talk because I'm. I'm (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. I, you know, for me, it's it's like it's hard for me to believe they wouldn't have pursued the comic books. Um, it I think it probably would have eventually been uh, the more like traditionally popular comic book characters like Spider Man or something jump starting the MCU. Uh, it certainly probably wouldn't have looked the same, but you know, like. I can't it, it, it seems it seems to me that it was obvious they wanted 
by they, I just mean like the royal, the royal we, you know, like <laughs> the editorial dude. Um, you know, they, the, the studios, I think eventually would have made uh, some sort of comic book universe. And like, you know, I, I actually really liked the Star Trek reboot and I really liked Iron Man. So it's, you know, like to me, it's like, I feel like it, it, the chips fell like they were supposed to. Right. And like literally the entire time I was watching this movie. And again, I didn't know about the whole Favreau sliding doors thing. I was like, man, this would be so cool if it was made by Marvel. And by that, I mean, like literally anyone that ever made a movie in the MCU, like pick anyone. Like, I feel like Kenneth Branagh would have done it the most like the version we saw here, like his adaptation of Thor fits more closely to like what we saw in John Carter. But, you know, give it to any of them. Taika would obviously have a fun spin on it. Like, whatever. Just pick any of them. And, um, you know, I just I feel like. Yeah, I I don't know. And and I just don't I don't exactly also I'm rambling completely here, but I wasn't sure who the target demographic for this movie was. And it seems like if I were a kid, I would have liked it a lot more than I do as an old man. So I was just like, I just feel like if this was made by Marvel, it would be targeted towards me and I would really like this story. But it's it wasn't and it's not. So I'm just kind of like eh with it, yeah. you know, like it's kind of <laughs> lukewarm. Yeah, I feel like um, there's just no way it doesn't influence cinema, you know, whatever, for the last 15 years with Favreau not directing it. And I just put up more on, like, what we would have lost with Marvel than what we would have gained with John Carter. Like, John Carter's cool. I think it's great. But, I mean, obviously, Marvel is just, like, mm-hmm. huge. It's insane how big it got and how big it can get. Um, it's it's literally John, unlimited. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think obviously the way it all worked out is the way it was supposed to work out. I was looking at Favreau's IMDb and like a year later, 2005, after Paramount got the rights in 2004, like he put out Zathura, which is also like a space adventure movie written by the guy who did Jumanji, which was like, obviously you can see some Tarzan stuff there too, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I wonder if that's kind of why they went to him. Like, hey, maybe Favreau wants to do another space thing or whatever, you know, like a little different and I have a feeling this will probably come up in a little bit, but it's just so much of it is about the studio that it's at. Because even I think if Disney had Marvel back when Iron Man came out, yeah. that wouldn't be the same movie. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I think it's all just kind of I think they they proved their point before Disney came in. And so for the most part, I think Disney would be like, all right, keep doing what you're doing. We're not going to mess with it too much. Um, but you know, again, I just talked about Edgar Wright's Ant-Man and Edgar Wright went to Marvel, I think in like 2004, 2005, wanting to do an Ant-Man movie. So like he'd been wanting to do this forever. So it's just, you know, it's who's, who's behind it. And to Fuzz's point, like what the demographic is, because I'm like, it felt like a kid's movie, but then I don't know, like we see someone pick up one of those green alien people and the shadows of them, like breaking them yeah. in half. It's like well, it's a lot of purple blood, which is like <laughs> apparently okay. I guess if it's purple and not red blood, you know, like, I guess that's, that's okay, which is fine. So I don't know to answer the question that's posed. Everything would be different. I think, you know, like I, I legitimately don't know that we get end game. I don't know that we get here yet. Like, Mm-hmm. Feige was around, but Favreau really set the tone. If if it's like if it's a different director, I don't know they're getting Robert Downey Jr. You know, yeah. there's just all this kind of stuff that goes into it. And, you know, maybe things just get pushed back two years. You know, maybe Iron Man comes out in 2010 instead of 2008, you know, and everything continues like it's supposed to, whatever, you know. But 
if it had gone that way, I don't know. I'm I'm just glad we got what we got, basically. Yeah. No, I agree wholeheartedly. It's I think Fuzz said it best that like everything seemed to drop right into right into the right proper place. Everything happened the way it should have. I think like the MCU, the phenomenon that happened, like starting with Iron Man, just like changed blockbusters, I think, for the better. It elevated everything. And so in order to be a a good blockbuster, you had to you had to be smarter, pace it better, tighter writing. You had to be funnier. Like it changed the way the audiences engaged with the blockbuster. Not to say that blockbusters were like horrible before, but like if you go back 20 years and watch the blockbusters of that time, it's like, man, we are we are getting the good stuff now. Like this is yeah. I will not hear any slander about Men in Black or Independence Day. <laughs> or Armageddon. I know I'm or sorry. Or Armageddon. We've talked at length. Will Smith owns two summers of my life. <laughs> well, I mean, one thing I want to say too though, I just thought about like if if Iron Man came out two years later, you know, if it all continued, I think it would have it would have been influenced by Dark Knight because the, yeah. these both came out the same year. So that's why Iron Man could be its own thing. But I think Marvel may have been like I don't know. Maybe they would have like again continued, but after seeing the reception of Dark Knight and how huge that was, like maybe we need to go a little grittier or something like that, and then it changes yeah. that way too. So and it's totally. Yeah. It would be interesting too, like after Dark Knight becoming such a phenomenon, and you just mentioned like RDJ might not have signed on, but had it been two years later, they might have gotten uh, someone who at the time was a more established name and wasn't this like wild card that RDJ yeah. was at the time. So, like, it could have failed because they wanted to shoehorn, like, I mean, I love Brad Pitt, but you know what I mean? Just, like, shoehorning Brad Pitt as Tony Stark or whatever, like, I I think that... And they want Tom Cruise? (laughs) Yeah. Did they really? Honestly. Oh, see, that would have ruined it. That would be terrible. (laughs) That's a good call. Yeah, so I think... Tom Cruise, like and subscribe to our podcast, please. (laughs) No. I don't abide Scientologists. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) If you're a Scientologist, please like and subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> Send your hate mail to Tyler. The um, code school I went to is in the Scientologist building downtown Portland. Oh wow! So I've, I've in, and so thank and you. I have in some way given them money through whatever rent that code school pays. So they've gotten all they're going to get from me. Give it back. Bring it on, Scientology. <laughs> well, the way I see it working out is that. So let's say Favreau sticks with John Carter. It probably ends up a better movie. It sounds like a lot of what was wrong with this movie, like even in the marketing was choices made by the director. And so it seems like Favreau is like a very safe person to work with when you're trying to put out, you know, a good movie like business wise. And I imagine if Paramount stuck with John Carter, that means Star Trek would have had a pass at least for a few years, which means J.J. Abrams would be open Maybe we get a J.J. Abrams Iron Man movie, which, in my opinion, just wouldn't have been the same at all. I don't think it would have taken off the same way. I think it would have been a cool movie, you know, but yeah. mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been. I don't wouldn't think it would have, have been have a catalyst to what happened. Yeah, exactly. So many factors. I just alluded to this. Many factors went into why this movie didn't do well. Um, a lot of it had to do with a lot of people blamed the marketing. And I can't help but agree with it to some extent because. <laughs> when I see a movie called John Carter, that just like that does nothing for me. That it sounds yeah. like a a biopic of a historical figure. It's yeah, like yeah. if a movie came out today called like David Williams, it's like <laughs> I'm not gonna watch that. <laughs> yeah. 
But if it was David Wallace and it was some weird spinoff of David Wallace <laughs> from The Office doing weird stuff, I might be into that. But. I'm on board. Yes, Michael, what is so urgent? David, guess who I am sitting here dressed as? I'm not going to guess. You could tell me or I will hang up. I will give you a hint. His last name is Christ. He has the power of flight. <laughs> yeah, or uh, yeah, sure. But <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Moving on, appeasing yeah. Tyler. That should Fast be a forward. segment. Matt appeases Tyler. Sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> Matt tries to get Tyler to stop talking. Did you just say Thor non sequitur? Just throw a Thor in there to get me to be quiet. Thor, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, Thor. Um, it's the reset word, Thor. <laughs> Bring it back. That's my Winter Four. Soldier. It snaps you back into <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was funny because like they tossed around na- different names for this uh for this movie, and I feel like like the name is the beginning of the marketing problem. I don't know what the other stuff was, but like I mean, they didn't advertise that it was like an Edgar Rice Burroughs you know source material. There's a lot of things they didn't reference. They didn't like highlight. What, what was the other thing they didn't highlight? There were some weird choices in the trailer. Like apparently they put a Led Zeppelin song in the trailer. It's like mm. this is this is kind of a disconnect. Hmm. Um, but the one thing that I thought was kind of funny was uh, the Disney, the studio had previously done a movie called Mars Needs Moms, and it bombed as well. <laughs> yeah. And their takeaway was that people didn't like Mars in the title. But what I don't understand is like maybe people don't like moms in the title. <laughs> Like you decided Mars was the problematic word there. I don't oh, know. Yeah, that's strange. Um, I, the question I want to pose to you guys is how do you fix John Carter? Whether it's the movie itself, whether it's the marketing uh, around it, like what do you think would have fixed? What, what are the smallest changes you could make to this movie to fix it? And what do you think, Christian? Uh, the marketing. Yeah, this is one of the first movies where I remember disliking the marketing. Hmm. Like it was the only movie that I remember disliking disliking the marketing the way it was because it's interesting. I remember, yeah, it, it's the weirdest thing. I was like, yeah, that, like, like <laughs> I can hear everything else about or dislike everything. Strong. I can dislike anything else about a movie. No, the marketing is what got me for this movie. Well, like yeah. I'm I'm a weirdo and I like watching commercials because I like to try and pick out like what brands are going for and the slant they're trying to take or like the angle they're trying to get to their consumers through. So like. But I've never really cared about a movie's market. Like, I mean, I guess you notice it, but it's it's it is interesting to think that you're like, I actively dislike the direction they've taken with this marketing. Because I remember, like, like I, like I mentioned earlier, like I was somewhat familiar with the the the, the series. Oh, okay. That, that he had done. So because of that, I had a very small connection to what the project was and how it was going to go. And I remember. This had a Super Bowl spot, and I remember. Oh wow! The song it was "Cashmere" by Led Zeppelin. Okay. And I remember it playing, and I'm like, because I didn't know what it was at first. I was like, "What is this?" And then it start it like zooms out, and it starts giving you like little clips of the rest of the movie, and it says John Carter. I'm like, "That's what they went with, yeah. really? <laughs> like that's what that's what they're going for?" Mm-hmm. And then they use it in the and they use the song in the trailer too. And I remember like it was just one of those things where it's like just put. Edgar Rice Burroughs, like even if uh-huh. you don't yeah. know what Ed, who Edgar Rice Burroughs is, or even what this, the book series is, Google. There's Google. People are going to meet you. Like, who's Edgar Rice Burroughs? Like, right. oh, he wrote John, yeah. the John Carter series. He wrote Tarzan. He wrote all this other stuff. It's like exactly. 
it's a simplest fix. And for a long time, I thought it was Disney that was the problem. Like, no, it was Andrew Stanton. Andrew Stanton, the director, admitted, has admitted that he messed up. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, good good for him for admitting yeah. that. But well, and it's... At the, at the same time, it's like, you, it's Disney. It's the biggest studio in the world, yeah. even back then. Yeah. Um, just listen to them. Like, this is something that could be a franchise that could help you out in the long, because this was, this was his first live action movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he had, he was an animation guy and then he went back to animation because John <laughs> yeah. So, Tucked his tail and <laughs> yeah, he went back to going, working in a booth. No, no disrespect. to anime. I, I love it. I understand if you're listening, please like, and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Please, to me yeah. Too. yeah. <laughs> um, two for one. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it, the biggest thing for me was the market. And that, that was, that was the down, that's, that is the downfall of this movie. Cause I mean, mm. we all admitted that we, we thought the movie was okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think it was Tyler that mentioned it's like, yeah, it made 180 or $200 million. Would it have made more? Maybe it probably wouldn't have made back its budget, but it probably would have made more if you put by the work of Edgar Rice Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Well, and so the whole marketing campaign and the, the Led Zeppelin song and all of it, really falls into like what my issue is with the movie. Cause like, you know, I didn't experience the marketing campaign. I had no connection to that at all. And for me watching this, I was just like, I don't know who this movie is for Ben. You mentioned it before, but it's like, this is either a kid's movie. They tried to make for adults or an adult movie. They've tried to make for kids and yeah. either way, like they can't decide what it is. Like it could lean into being a little bit darker, a little bit heavier, a little more thematic and, whatever or they could lean in and go a little bit goofier and more zany or or more just like fun action which it's certainly i would say it's more of a kids movie trying to be an adult movie but it's like so if it's a kids movie then why like, they don't give a shit about led zeppelin right like yeah in 2008 i don't know what kids were listening to at the time but like there's a million other songs they could have chosen or there's a million other artists like was that like fallout boy time or something like Mm-hmm. like just throw a fallout boy song in there or whatever you know what i mean like i don't know what the song would be but it makes more sense than led zeppelin because led zeppelin makes no sense at all yeah. so <laughs> to me it was it just seemed like i just don't think anyone and maybe it's just because the studio and the director couldn't agree on a on an angle of attack and so this is where it landed but someone needed to give somewhere and just like let this thing be what it was supposed to be the ironic thing is that i think andrew stanton was like i think he's even quoted saying like this is not a kid's movie like he's he's coming from pixar animation he's like this is not a kid's movie yeah, see, well, it's like so it's, it's a it's a kid movie guy trying as hard as he can to make a not kids movie <laughs> yeah and sort of failing he still making a kid's movie yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny because like i was watching this and i was wondering like who did they get to direct this because <laughs> i'm kind of on board like i think yeah. christian's point earlier was great like the first hour was moving I'm like all right I, like this is cool i like this whatever and then i don't know what it was but just like it gave me the thought of like i when i'm watching a movie i will often like i just love to see the director so i can see what else they've directed to kind of get like an idea mm-hmm. and it blew my mind that this guy directed like arguably half of my pixar rushmore like yeah. <laughs> i i genuinely like i love <laughs> like wally and finding nemo yeah. are two of my favorite pixar movies 
Like I put Finding Nemo right there with Coco, just as far as like the visuals, like it, they're beautiful. They're so good. And what also got me with this though, is that like just one year before another Pixar director did his first live action movie and it was called Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. And that's still my favorite Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> like Brad Bird knocked it out of the park. So like, I think if you're a storyteller, you know how to do it, you know, and Brad Bird has talked about that. He's like, that helped him so much on Mission Impossible. It's like, cause I've done all these other, you know, the other Pixar movies that he, I mean, he'd been behind a lot of them, but he did like Iron Giant, Incredibles, Ratatouille. Like he had done a lot of good stuff. Arguably, I mean, he followed up Mission Impossible with Tomorrowland, so don't bring that up against me. But Mission <laughs> Impossible is fucking awesome. Like, I love that movie. It's still my favorite. That Burj Khalifa scene, I don't think it's been topped. So it was just so weird to me. I'm like, well, Pixar, they they have good directors, so I, I don't know where it went wrong with this guy. Like Christian brought up, he admitted, um, the director, Andrew Stanton, right? Yeah. Yeah. He admitted that he just got kind of power hungry, just had all the money and the studio backing and just like basically just did too much. He just like overdid it. I think. Um, I also wondered too, like when I was watching this and hearing all these words, (laughs) I was just like, what is going on right now? Like, this is so like, it reminded me of like, I don't read a lot of them and for a reason, but like if I ever read like a Tom Clancy book and I just get all like the Russian people's names, I'm like, I don't, I don't remember who any of these people are because like Mm -hmm. they introduced me like eight people i'm like i don't remember who these people are and that kind of felt like this too where it's just like all these strange names i am dotar sojat which should be fine though because then I, I don't know if they were just like you know pardon the pun but just too alien or something but it made me think about star wars like i don't think people were just like who's Jabba the Hutt that's weird you know or what's like yeah what's a Darth Vader but in this one it's like all these weird kind of repeating things you know like I had like yeah they kept everyone was Jakar I'm like I was like yeah. Jakar does Jakar mean is that just like a general word for like the person like my boss yeah. or is it like a king like what is it you know like yeah and Defoe's like Tars Tarkas and the other guy was like Kantos Khan and yeah just like all these weird things and it's like I I they could see the difference in the visuals but like bringing up all the different names for their planets versus ours like it just that kind of stuff makes me think like this there's no way this was a kid's movie because they're just giving you way too much information that probably isn't super relevant I don't know but that was that was just a lot for me that I think that was probably a, a big disconnect too. like, I think you could have simplified mm-hmm. that a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think the bigger thing on my end is the director. I agree with what you guys say about the marketing. Like, that's huge because like I didn't I don't think I knew anything about this, but somehow knew that it was supposed to be John Carter from Mars or of Mars. And then did they cut that off at some point or was it always John Carter? Because I feel like they at some it. point it had the whole title. Oh. But I don't know why yeah, I would have I, known that, but I did for some reason. Like, why did they take off the Mars part? You know, so I don't know. Mars needs moms. Mars needs moms. <laughs> Shout doesn't? out Seth Green. Please like and subscribe. <laughs> Joan Cusack, what's up? Um, but yeah, I don't know. That that's for me. It's the director, but the you know the marketing and just all the verbiage that we're getting in here is just like unnecessary. It's too much. I think for the bring it in in the sequel if you get a sequel. You know. Well, Tars Tarkas might be on my Willem Dafoe Rushmore Mountain now. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Did he knock off the guy from Aquaman? (laughs) Yeah, real tough choice there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I like that it's just uh, the guy from Aquaman. I don't remember his yeah. name. <laughs> Maybe I just have a problem with names. Maybe this is on me. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like we just learned something about Ben. <laughs> so do we, I mean, do we want the sequel to this movie or would we rather see a reboot? Do, do we like the story enough to have a reboot? Like what's the feeling around this? I wouldn't mind a sequel. I think, you know, especially now, like everything, like not everything. I don't want to be one of those people, but uh, most things are getting like sequels to like movies that came out like 10, 20 years ago. Um, so, I mean, if they did that with John Carter, I mean, it wouldn't be that bad. I mean, I wouldn't mind a sequel like poor Taylor Kitsch, you know, he, he, yeah. he had a bad run in Hollywood, you know, with this and um, battle uh, battleship and savages. And, you know, it was just like, well, when is he going to catch? And I had such high hopes for savages. Yeah. Uh, so, so did I. Uh, and so did I. And I walked out of the theater. And I was like, "Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Big bummer." <laughs> um, but I mean, the cast is pretty good. I mean, you got. Taylor, I mean, you can bring back Taylor Kitsch. I mean, he's kind of done. You know, he's kind of paid for his dues with you know all these other projects. And um, I mean, I guess you can bring back Lynn Collins, who played the the princess, um, Defoe. I'm sure he'll enjoy the paycheck because he can just hell yeah, in his pajamas all day. Hell like yeah. he probably. His character hasn't aged a day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, I mean, I wouldn't mind a sequel. I mean, I, I just, I, I think they had enough there where they can expand on it and touch up on things and stuff like that. Um, if they don't go the sequel route, maybe like a TV series or like a mini series mm. or something like yeah. that. Um, that would be kind of cool too, uh, just to expand the world and and explain things and yep. Um, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I think a, a sequel would be fun if we had gotten it eight years ago or something. I don't know, like seven years ago at this point, I think it's a topic that we have discussed quite a bit on here, but I think this works better as a limited series or just a series in general. You know, yeah. if these are based on books, spend some time, like make that whole first episode just right before he ends up on Mars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. give me that time. Like, let's hear, let's see the backstory a little more. Cause like, I got what happened and they explained what happened. But if I see that in real time, it means more to me. You know, it's just like, for me, it's just kind of weird when he kisses her. I'm like, well, I mean, how long ago is this that your wife died? Like, I don't, I don't have any like real. We're seeing of flashbacks reference. of your wife still. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, I don't, it's like I don't, we just watched you bury your wife, dude. Like what's yeah. going on? we're not ready for this. Yeah, he kisses like the new girl and it like flashes to his wife. And then he looks down and it's like, 20 minutes later he's like i don't need my wedding rings this is cool it's like okay i don't know so i think this just works great as (laughs) i think this works great as a limited series like give me give me the time to digest all these names um and just like let's go into the story a little bit more i think this and again like if this is from like an author who did tarzan i don't know how big the john carter series was i imagine it's pretty big but this just seems like it's there's a lot of parallels here i believe if there's a lot of books to the game of Thrones thing, like give me that HBO John Carter series. Like, yeah, that's what I want. I don't want the Disney version. Like I want, give me something more. Well, yeah, just this movie alone lends itself to a number of different episodes. Like you said, we can spend the first episode in the, like in New York after the civil war or in Arizona or wherever mm-hmm. we can spend a whole episode of him, like in captivity fighting, whatever the green guy's names are. And like earning his freedom and becoming, you know, the right hands or whatever his name is. Then yeah. the episode I really want to see is uh, them on the river. Like, yeah. if you, I want to spend a whole episode on that river and maybe they run into some rapids or 
they get attacked by like a sea monster or something like there's there's a lot of cool stuff here which is like that's why it's like i really i like the story but i'm just like ah, i just don't care so like i don't really care i don't this that they're not being a sequel doesn't bother me um i would rather see a reboot in the vein of a of a series but again i complain about this all the time there's so many things to watch out there like yeah we like it's fine this john carter can exist the way that it is and that's fine for me i don't know i personally like i i would love the sequel even even now if they came out with the same cast i would be down um but <laughs> i mean I do i'm think, always like, down for taylor kitsch yeah i mean i think i think he'd bring it i think he brings it always and i'd love to see him in more stuff um uh, but i think it would also be cool like i don't know what in what scenario disney would do this but like what if dis what if they made a mini series off of disney plus you know continuing the story with that cast even mm. um yeah it, it would be really interesting and i don't know even I, in I, real time just it. set it forward 10 years yeah. pick up in 10 yeah. years you know what i mean like what's yeah, happened right. in this time let's see yeah, yeah. Because cool. like part of part of what I like most about it was the Earth stuff. Like when they get mm-hmm. back and the sort of the suspense going on around like he's basically a fugitive from like these Martian beings when he's yeah. on Earth. So yeah, I thought that was a cool little that could be all uh, that spin. could be a whole season too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like him running away, you know, whatever. But I don't know. Yeah, Disney, if you're listening. um we know you are. I don't call I probably us. can't HBO write it. If yeah. You're listening, call us. <laughs> yeah. I don't want your whoa, call, whoa, Disney. Whoa, whoa. Oh, wait. No, you're playing hard to get. I get it. You're nagging. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so what would your guys what would you say is your favorite part from this movie? Um, and if you were to try to get someone to watch it, what would be your elevator pitch for it? I wrote down my favorite thing hands down was Wula, which is funny, like you mentioned earlier, Ben. I had to Google what was I literally Googled John Carter six legged dog. And <laughs> And like, like as soon as I typed John Legged six, John Carter six leg, it auto filled the rest. Nice. And so I wasn't the only one that had to search it. So your point stands. Um, but then when you were just talking a minute ago about uh, when he buries his wife and whatever, I really liked the scene of him fighting with the cuts back of him burying his wife versus mm-hmm. like cut. I, I thought that was really cool. Um, and um yeah, so I would say that, like that fight scene was probably my favorite. Uh, shades of like uh, the Battle of the Bastards and Jon Snow taking on the whole oh, army yeah. or attempting to take on the whole army. Um, but you know, if I were to like recommend someone watch it, it's just it's like a fun, easy sci-fi adventure film. Like you don't understand all the words and names and stuff, but it kind of doesn't matter. You get what's going on, and you see some cool stuff, and like you get to see Tim Riggins with his shirt off a lot and he's all buff doing superhero stuff. So, I mean, what, what more could you possibly want? That's all you need. Um, my favorite stuff was towards the beginning, basically like right when he lands on Mars up until he like begins to understand what they're saying because of whatever she gives him or they give them. Um, like just the, you know, the not having the same kind of bone density and the gravity, just like the jumping and not being able to get his, footing like that's funny I, it may have gone on a little too long but yeah. i i like that kind of humor of someone who's like just like you know the whole fish out of water thing um them just like continuing to call him virginia for some reason <laughs> i thought was super funny he's like no it's not my name it's where i'm from and he's like virginia it's like virginia virginia 
Yeah, man, you're Virginia now, dude. I don't know what to tell yeah, you. There's, like, there's, trust me, there's when the when the masses decide a nickname for you, <laughs> you'll be 37, and people will still be calling you Fuzz. I promise. It's the same you. way on Mars. Yeah, same <laughs> way on Mars. It is. Just sounds different. Oh. Their word for Fuzz is. I don't know what it would be. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's the stuff that I like. And that's when I knew, like, I think kind of know wherever this goes, I'm, I'm having a good time. Like, yeah. this is fun. Like the humor is good. I can, I can get into this. Um, and yeah, honestly, I, I don't know what else to say about the movie. As far as a pitch it is, it's just kind of like kind of a fun, a little bit campy space adventure with Tim Riggins. I mean, that's, I think it's all you need. I yeah. think that's what they did too. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> John Carter. Yeah. What about you, Christian? I pretty much, you guys pretty much took what I was going to say. Uh, Wollow dogs, but you want, you want a, a som- somewhat adorable mm-hmm. Mars creature that may bite you yeah. at some point. Uh, that's super fast. Uh, you got uh, Riggins with his shirt off a lot. Um, and this luscious locks still looking super buff the civil war era somehow uh, <laughs> you have uh you got aliens you got uh some pretty decent uh action scenes yeah um uh but yeah my my favorite uh one was the flashback when it was going back and forth that was that was really good uh that was good that was a good moment too i mean that that kind of just changed for the char- for the character of uh, john carter and I don't think the CG was too bad other than the flying scenes. I think it's when you yeah. could really tell, like when there's straight on shots, but like for the most part, watching some of the behind the scenes stuff, I'm like, Oh, this was obviously lit- almost literally all green scheme. And I'm like, they did a, a pretty good job. Yeah. It was all right. They built, they built the world. I will say, and you, I just, I just thought of this. Well, I didn't just think of it. I thought of it earlier, but I just remembered it now. <laughs> um, one of my least, one of the things I had the most trouble with watching this is they couldn't figure out, how strong he was supposed to be because at some points he's just ripping chains off the wall and he's killing people with one punch and he's taking on a whole army and they're just people are just flying and then like he kind of like can't break the rock and then he Mm -hmm. does break the rock and then that same rock he can just swing around like it's nothing it's just like i don't know how strong this guy is supposed to be like it just it never like connected with me and it sort of like you know suspend suspension of disbelief and all that and yeah. I, I understand i'm watching a movie about a guy that got telegraphed to mars <laughs> but it's just like i'm just like well but like i have to be able to like buy into it at some point right and it's just like they, they, I, just, I just don't think they could ever figure out like what sort of power he was supposed to have you know what i mean mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of the, that simpsons thing where he's like in episode 2F09, when Ichi plays Scratchy's skeleton like a xylophone, he strikes the same rib twice in succession, yet he produces two clearly different tones. I mean, what are we, to believe that this is some sort of a, a magic xylophone or something? Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Am I supposed to believe then? <laughs> so like, wait, why can't he lift that rock? I don't understand. <laughs> Sorry, I think I cut you off, Christian. I didn't mean to to oh, I, cut no, off I, your I thought that, there. I think that was it, really. Okay. Just, yeah. Yeah, I would. If I were to talk someone into watching this movie, um, I think I would compare it to to the planet scenes on Thor Ragnarok yeah. or 
Avatar, you know, some of these uh, tall alien type movies. I feel mm-hmm. like there was another movie that this was like, and I, I cannot think of it right now, but um, Mars needs moms. Mars needs moms. There it was. I think that's what you're thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you like that type of like action adventure, like you'll have a good time with this. You might not like it more, but it's different. Um, you also get a chance to see the source material of a lot of the sci-fi you enjoy today. Um, Mm -hmm. and you get to see one of the most expensive movies ever made without having to watch Waterworld. (laughs) And, uh, my favorite scene probably was at the beginning What's funny is that like this is a total sci-fi like huge budget stuff. But my favorite parts were actually like the low budget parts in the Civil War era stuff. Uh, yeah. But I loved the scene with him and Brian Cranston. I thought yeah. that was, oh, yeah. I thought that was hilarious. I yeah, I know I'd forgotten too. Yeah, the western stuff at the beginning was really cool. And at first, I kind of thought it was going to be like a western on Mars, which I guess it kind of was. Mm-hmm. But it was like. I really like I thought the world they built and the characters and whatever they all I was like, man, this looks cool, man. I, I'm I'm a sucker for a Western. And it was I liked the running gag of him. Keep trying to escape. Like, I actually yeah. honestly kind of forgot how much I liked the very beginning of the movie until you just brought it up, Matt. But. Yeah, same. I know I said my favorite was like once he's on Mars, but I had forgotten about that. And like, it's a, such a great way to establish the character like yeah. he will fight no matter what even if he's like handcuffed <laughs> and surrounded by four people he will still try to run he'll still try to fight and that's like a great character trait that we get we find out in the first five minutes like, like okay cool this guy's not afraid of anything yeah so we understand later on when he's taking on 200 aliens like yeah we know that from earlier so yeah that was that was really good i like that a lot good thing these guys don't have noses for him to ram his head into <laughs> very true well to finish up this episode we always try to uh, tie in a Rushmore Mountain. These are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? Uh, where we essentially pick a category, we choose our top four uh, picks of that category. And today the category is our favorite box office bombs. Christian, do you want to go first on this? Yeah. Um, I have quite a few. Um but I know it's much more, so I'm going to have to pick four. I'm going to go with uh, Children of Men. Nice. Which yep. I didn't realize was a box office bomb, but it was, <laughs> apparently. Um, I don't know what to pick anymore. <laughs> uh, Dread. Oh, nice. Yes. Oh, oh, thank you. I was really mad about, because I really wanted a sequel to that movie. Uh, I'm going to go with um, The Thing, which was also apparently a box office bomb, mm. sadly. And I'm going to go with um, my last one. I'm going to go with Warrior. Oh. Uh, with Marty and uh, Joe Edgerton. Nice. Nice. We just talked about that a couple episodes, I guess. Oh, is uh, that the... Animal Kingdom. Is that the, mm-hmm. the like, the fighting movie? Yeah, the MMA, Maybe. yeah. I think uh, that's the first Rushmore that was comprised of all movies that not only have I not seen any of them, they're all on my list of movies I do want to see. Nice. Oh, yeah. oh. So I like him all, but he my favorite of that is Dread. Dread is so good. That's some I want more people Dang, to, I see need to see that. That's such a fun movie. That that's the reboot of Judge Dread, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Need to Where he actually out. keeps it coming on. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I need to check that out. What are you, Tyler? Uh so I was going through lists, you know, as we always do. Uh, we've talked about or I've talked about at length that 
my recall just for whatever reason is not great with like hey what's your favorite x but like i can quote movies and song lyrics and whatever but i can i don't know when to pay my bills on time and i don't have the type of recall to build a rushmore so i have to go to lists online um and there's a lot of stuff this was like one of the first ones where i was like i had way too many to whittle down kind of like you were talking about christian but i had to just whittle it down to like of all the movies i had in my pool which are the first four that i would watch um and in no particular order i put donnie darko sometimes i doubt your commitment to sparkle motion uh fight club scott pilgrim versus the world and the shawshank redemption those are all movies that if i see them on tv i'll certainly stop and i've got some honorable mentions that um i'll talk about after uh you guys give your lists but yeah that's my floor um I was surprised in compiling my list how many of them are music related. I didn't anticipate this at all, but um, my first one is also Scott Pilgrim. I thought about leaving it off because you mentioned it, but if I'm honest with myself, it's the first one that I would watch out of these. mm -hmm. Um, Josie and the Pussycats, as mentioned earlier. I love that movie. Um, pop star, never stop, never stopping. Um, I, if you haven't seen that and you enjoy any of the lonely Island stuff from SNL, like, or hot rod, which I recently rewatched as well. Like pop star is it's funnier than it should be. Like it is hilarious. <laughs> it's so good as a bill hater, like diehard Stan, like he's so good in it. So check out pop star if you haven't. Um, and then my last one would if we do a round three of unsung gems, this will probably be my nomination and it is the movie speed racer. Oh, Um, nice. I, I really enjoy this movie. I think it just got kind of trashed on and didn't make a lot of its money back. Um, but I think that's, it's, it's one of the most true to the comic movies I think Mm. ever, you know, or the cartoon, but, um, yeah, speed racer would be on there. I also have some, uh, honorable mentions that we can get into after Matt. Awesome. Those are great picks. Um, yeah, Josie and the Pussycats. That's one that probably should have made mine, but I'll let you keep it. Well, um, and I, sorry, I just wanted to say, too, I, I mentioned earlier off this, but the the idea of a box office bomb was so weird to kind of figure out because I also, like Tyler, started looking at lists and I would look at some and it's like, and they only made $14 million profit. I'm like, well, then that's not a bomb. Like they yeah, got their money profit. back, you know, yeah. it's like, if you have the word profit in there, I feel like this disqualifies it. So <laughs> just to clarify all of mine lost money, but I do have some on here that were just like, oh, it didn't make a billion like it was supposed to. So it's yeah. a bomb. It's like, I had still made money. I don't know. So yeah, yeah. I, I didn't look into any of that at all because I knew that it would make me have to think. And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> these, are all, these are all on a couple of different lists. So it works. Yeah. Uh, mine would be Ghostbusters 2016. Nice. Loved that movie. It's a shame. You know, I would have loved to see that that uh, that lineup do more movies. Ben and yeah. I uh, talked about this when it came out, and I feel like it was the editing that ruined that movie. I felt like. They're, they wanted to have like snappy dialogue, but there was just too much space in between like all the jokes. I mean, do you remember talking about that, Ben? Yes, I think it was a mix of that and all the fragile masculinity from the well, white yeah. guys who didn't want to go see it because it was going to take away their Ghostbusters. I think those yeah. were the two big things. But yeah, and 
I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but like, I love that movie and Chris Hemsworth in it. Like it's, <laughs> I don't mean to shout yeah. out like the one guy in it, but he's so fucking funny <laughs> in this, but like, I love everyone. Christian Wig is great. Like the whole cast is great. Kate McKinnon was awesome in yeah. it. Um, but I think that was like, I feel like that's the movie that kind of gave us Ragnarok. It's like, Oh, Chris Hemsworth is more than just hot. That's crazy. <laughs> like he can be funny. That's oh, so is cool. He ever? So, yeah. That's, yeah. I do like that Ghostbusters movie. If you're a fragile Sorry. Sorry, white male, it's okay. It's okay. If you're a fragile white male, <laughs> you are. Oh, I was just gonna. I don't know. I, you're I gonna get your Ghostbusters. I was, was going to get us in trouble. Is what I was going to get us. <laughs> yeah, you're. Yeah, you're going to get your Ghostbusters, and uh, so you can be happy about that. And uh, please don't like and subscribe. Don't like and subscribe. But if you want to join our Patreon, yeah, don't, don't by all means. Yeah. Um. My second is Onward. That's a Pixar movie that I just absolutely love. I love the world they built. I wish it did better because I'd love to see more from that. Uh, Tenet. I'm sorry, was Onward like uh, the first one from COVID that didn't get in the theater? Or did that one just not get... It did. It went in the theater? theater? It was in the theater when COVID happened. And so Mm. it was in the theater for maybe a week and then it shut down. Yeah. Gotcha. And and Tenet's kind of suffering from the same, same sickness. Um, yeah. so Tenet was really awesome I know Tenet would have, would not have been on this list you know under other circumstances but oh yeah uh, be it as it may the circumstances happened and last on my list is a movie I haven't seen probably since it came out but I remember like I was obsessed with this movie when it came out Titan AE uh, it was one of like the coolest cartoons that I had remembered seeing it was I was probably the perfect age for it because it was kind of like feeling a little too old for Disney movies, but uh, still young enough to like go crazy over a cartoon. So mm-hmm. um, I thought that movie ruled. The voice cast is really awesome. And uh, yeah, so that'd be my Rushmore mountain list. So I guess we'll turn the time over to honorable mentions uh, for anyone who feels compelled to shout those. Yeah, I, I had tenant on mine, but that was the one that fell into it didn't make 10 billion. So it's a disappointment because the budget was 200 and it brought in like 360 million yeah. so like it almost doubled it's in like what is spent but the expectations we have for a nolan blockbuster is at least a billion dollars mm-hmm. you know just like i i mean i feel like there were discussions like is it gonna surpass endgame or avatar or whatever so it's like a disappointment in that context but um that's why i didn't put it on mine but my i have two iron giant which was also talked about earlier with brad bird mm-hmm. Um, and then one of my favorite biopics, uh, man on the moon, mm. the Jim Carrey one about Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Um, the most interesting part of that for me is like, it made just under 48 million and the budget is listed at somewhere between 52 million and 82 million and $30 million just seems like such a wide range of like not being able where's, to know sounds how like much this money 30 million. <laughs> sounds yeah. like we needed an episode just. Uh, sort of a, a journal <laughs> where's the 30 yeah, yeah you like, find the 30 i'm like well 48 million on a 52 million budget isn't horrible but 48 million on an 82 million dollar budget it's like yeah yeah that's a lot of money and i'm just like man that that's like like if if avengers is like there's a 30 million differential i'm like i get it you know a lot of stuff going on but like yeah. man on the moon like what is <laughs> like where did that 30 million go Milos, i don't understand why you can't <laughs> you where are you sitting on a 
thirty million dollar yacht. Jim Carrey buy in character. Where'd you come in on your budget? I don't know. So fifty two, <laughs> like somewhere like 50, 80 million, somewhere you know, fifty two, yeah, eighty million. I don't there, know. I don't know. I can't. I don't have the receipts, but somewhere in there. So, anyways, yeah, those are my That's two: wild. Iron Giant and Man on the Moon. Yeah, I was surprised to see uh, Spinal Tap didn't it was considered a box office flop. Mainly, mainly surprised just because like. Like that movie, I can't imagine was expecting to be like a box office hit. You yeah. know what I mean? So to see it on some of those lists was kind of weird. It's always strange to me that Willy Wonka was a flop when it came out, mm-hmm. uh, considering where it is now in our in in our uh, culture. <laughs> um, and then both the Blade Runners. I forget that the original, you know, had some issues, and then in the director's cut kind of gave it a new life and. Yeah. And that seems to be like the accepted standard. And then uh, 2049, I remember everyone really liking it. So to hear that it was sort of considered a flop was weird. Um, and then one that I actually haven't seen, but it's really high on my list. And I, I keep seeing it on these types of lists is the, uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward, Robert Ford. That's one that like, I'm probably going to end up working into the podcast at some point. Maybe we could do an unsung gem round three. And that'll be my I, yeah. nomination. I love that movie. It's a, super slow burn but it's it's beautiful and then another one that like i don't know if i would consider it like a favorite which is why it couldn't be on a a rushmore but i did enjoy it was r.i.p.d sort Mm. of like a men in black sort of kind of thing i don't know i liked it i thought it was fun but it couldn't land on a rushmore for me tyler mentioned a will smith movie everyone take a shot if you're playing (laughs) along it's like i like three will smith movies and i will (laughs) talk about them (laughs) every episode hancock this reminds me of independence day actually (laughs) (laughs) what about you christian what are your honorable mentions Uh, i had scott pilgrim versus the world too nice um because anytime that moves on i will i will watch it no matter where it is yeah um what else I have? Uh, I had um, oh, I had sunshine on here. Mm. Um, I know no one really oh. likes sunshine. That yeah, much. I really like sunshine. Um, what was the last one? Uh, oh, Big Trouble Little China. <laughs> Speaking mm. of John Carter, John that Carter for sure. A, that was considered a, a box office bomb too. Um, yeah, I think those are my honorable mentions. The, the ones at least that I remember that I wrote. Down. Yeah, no, those are great. Awesome. Well. Thank you so much, Christian, for coming on. I want to give you one last opportunity to let the audience, uh, let the listeners know where to find you. Uh, yeah, so uh, you can follow the podcast. Uh, the podcast is on uh, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, you can just look Movie Pit Podcast. That, that should show up on there. Um, I, the Instagram and Twitter, which I admittedly don't use as much as I should, <laughs> uh, which is a problem, I know, <laughs> especially considering I've done the podcast for five years <laughs> and I just made the, those social media accounts uh, last year. So um, I think they're both Movie Pit Podcast, um, at Movie Pit Podcast for both. Cool. Uh, so you can go give me a follow over there. And um, yeah. Awesome. So we'll, link, we'll link all that in the show notes. So whether you're watching this on YouTube or listening wherever you find podcasts, We'll make sure all of your links are there so people can find you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Check out that podcast. Christian, it was so great having you on. Thank you for uh, for reaching out to us when we when we reached out to everybody and, and joining us on here. It's It's been a blast. And we look forward to hopefully having you on again at some point. 
Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I would love to come back. Um, I really like you guys. I'm going to gush all over you guys right now. So I'm sorry. But um, since I found you guys, you guys have been great. And I love listening to you guys. Your podcast is always fun. Um, and yeah, anytime you guys want me back, I'm, I'm, all, I'm game. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, we'll we have you back. It, man. If we didn't scare you away, we'll have you back for sure. <laughs> You're just there. You're just right, You're just right. right on the edge. I'll do better next time. <laughs> you know, we might, sleep have, on it. We might have ruined it morning. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, as as you already know, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube. Join our Patreon. If you join our Patreon, you have more of a say on what we watch. You also have more opportunities to join us. Um, it's just a it's just a more immersive experience in the movie club. Uh, but we're grateful to have you in any shape or form. So thank you for listening and we will catch you next episode. Still alive.